Good morning, River Life Church. Hey there. It is great to see you online here. Say hi in the comments. Check out who's there. Say hi to someone. And I love to see all of that happen. I love to see you and watch it be a part of this church community on this really cold Sunday morning. Aren't you glad we aren't doing outdoor services now? Because woo, yeah. So hopefully you are indoors and you are warm and cozy. And there's Pebbles. Hey, Pebbles. There you go. There's a little. Uh, Pebbles is apparently joining us for the beginning of service. Well, I, I'm so glad you're here. Pebbles is glad you're here. Um, and we do what we do every week. We kick off service by lighting a candle. So, okay, Pebbles. Say bye to everyone. Bye, everyone. There we go. So we light a candle. And a candle has been used for, for millennia in church services as a reminder of God's presence. And we've got our great little candles here. God is here to remind us and remind you that God is there. Wherever you are, God is there. And we're gonna light this candle. And, and there's a wonderful reminder. Jesus said of himself, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me never walks in darkness but they have the light of life. So as we light this candle, it is a re reminder that when we follow Jesus, we will never walk in darkness because we have the light of life because God is here. Now, along with this, one of the things we do is we say a prayer and it's kind of an opening prayer for us. So it's gonna be on the screen. And so, so home pastors, here's your chance to pray this prayer. And if you don't know what a home pastor is, don't worry, I'll explain it in just a moment, okay? So here we go. Let's pray this prayer together. It's gonna to be on screen for you. Amen. Well, if you've been watching us for the last few weeks, we have had a few opportunities for you to engage in service, engage in your faith. Because I know, man, this past year having church at home has been tough. It just hasn't been the same. And I know, I know so many of you have missed that River Life community engaging together. And so we're doing our best right now um, to give you some opportunities to step in. So uh, last month in December, we introduced the idea of a home church. And it's really just a way for you to recognize that your home is your church. Yes, River Life might be your church. And even once we start in-person services again, River Life might be your church, but your home is, where, is the church where you spend most of your time. And so you can sign up and get an amazing swag bag full of, of t-shirts and 
pens and stickers and all kinds of cool stuff. Um, so uh, you can sign up at riverlifemn.com slash home church. Again, that's riverlifemn.com slash home church. Okay, and now last week we introduced a new thing and I just mentioned it before, which was the home pastor because every church needs a pastor. And so what this is, this is an opportunity for, for someone who's watching this, whether you, if you're watching on your own, then you are your own pastor this morning. And if you're watching with your family, this is a time for you to lead your family. So husbands, wives, even kids can lead their family spiritually. Uh, during our Sunday services here. So that's the home pastor role. And you just saw one opportunity for the home pastor to pray. And we're going to have a couple other opportunities in service here. Um, so I want everyone to pick a home pastor right now. Go ahead and do it. Go ahead and I'll wait. I'll I'll just sit back. Go ahead and pick. Okay, you got it. Pick a home pastor. And then home pastor, comment in, in the sections, in the comment section and say, I'm a pastor today. Okay, see, I get to say that every day, but today you get to say that today. And guess what? You even get to say it every day also. So comment and say, I'm a pastor today. Go for it. Go ahead and do that. And then just this week, we announced a brand new thing. We are calling Candids for Coffee Cups. Now, you see, during this year, um, I... Uh, all throughout River Life. I love photos of River Life people, River Life activities, but you know what? The, for this whole past year, we haven't had any photos. And so we're doing a little photo thing here where, where you take pictures, okay? Take pictures of watching service together. Um, you can take pictures of you praying. You can take pictures of um, reading the Bible or just having fun together. And whether you're on your own or with your family or your spouse, your kids, however, take whatever pictures you want, okay? Take a bunch of them. And then pick the five best ones. And if you send those to us, we will give you a brand new River Life coffee mug. These are hot off the presses. They're, they're, they're super cool. Matte black, River Life logo here. It's got this really cool finish. See, Ed, see, if Batman were a part of River Life, he would drink out of this coffee mug. That's how cool it is. So there it is. You send us five great photos of your River Life at home life, and we'll send you a coffee mug. Okay, one submission per person, but you can do multiple submissions per household. So that means how's, if you've got a bunch of kids, you could have all of them submit their photos, okay? And you could all get coffee cups. Um, so we'll send each one of you a coffee cup. All you have to do is email your videos to, uh, sorry, your photos, to photos at riverlifemn.com. You got that? Photos at riverlifemn.com. And then we'll give you one or two or three or however many people in your household who submit photos, we'll give you one of these awesome mugs. Okay, um, so this is our last week of the 40 days of prayer. And, and I hope this time has been, has been spiritually uplifting for you as you've spent more time. Maybe you're reading the devotionals. Maybe you're watching the videos on Facebook or YouTube. Uh, and, and maybe hopefully you're praying more also. And so today's theme is going to be missions. 
And now the Christian Missionary Alliance, as the name suggests, has a wonderful, amazing global missions network. And you're going to hear some, some of those stories today as part of this service. And so, um, so we're going to kick off with some worship, though. Uh, we're going to sh- bring it over to, to um, our worship team to help us kind of get our hearts before God. And then after that, so parents, grab your kids because after worship is going to be Mr. Jeremy with his Kid Talk segment. So let's go. you 
another kid talk today we are going to talk about god saves who does he save well he saves everybody that asks for forgiveness and accepts jesus into their heart but you know there are people out there who don't know about jesus and don't know about his sacrifice for us in place of our sins on the cross so that's kind of a weird thought sometimes i know for me personally when i was a kid all of my friends were from church. And if they weren't from church, they were in my family. And everything we had in common basically revolved around church. I was in a bubble. Help. Can someone let me out? I'm trapped. And inside that bubble, everything felt good. Everything felt comfortable. I didn't have to worry that people didn't agree with me about who Jesus was or what the Bible said. Because I knew they also knew what I knew. But the problem with being in a bubble is that we forget there are people outside of our bubble who don't have the same information that we have. So that's where we come to in the book of Romans in the Bible. Let's see what Jesus had or what Paul had to say about this. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. So there are people outside of our bubble who might not know who Jesus is. 
Just like it said in the book of Romans there, that there are people out there that they can't call on the name of Jesus because they don't know who he is. And they can't share that good news with everybody around them because they don't know who Jesus is. So that's where we come in. At the end of that verse, it says, how beautiful are the feet of those who go and share the gospel. Your feet can be beautiful if you use those feet to go outside of your bubble and you share the good news, which is that Jesus died on the cross for our sins so that we can be saved from death and have eternal life with God in heaven. That's some pretty awesome news, honestly. Don't you think that people might want to know that? So I challenge you, pop your bubble, get out there, share the good news with everybody that's maybe not in your bubble that doesn't know about Jesus, and, sh and let them know about this good news that you know about. You know, there's already people all over the world who have broken out of their bubbles and have started sharing the good news with people all around the world. We call those people missionaries. So as always at the end of our segment, we like to do two prayer requests and we start by giving thanks. So for the first thing I wanna ask you to pray about this week is to give thanks for the missionaries all around the world. Maybe even pick a specific country that you're thinking about right now in your head and pray for the missionaries in that country and just say, God, thank you so much for sending them and giving them the courage to break out of their bubbles and share your good news with those people who need it. Secondly, I would like you just to pray that God will call more people, more missionaries into the world. Because like Romans says, is there are people out there who can't call on Jesus' name because they don't know who he is. And we need more missionaries to go out and share the good news. Well, that's it for our Kid Talk this week. So I will catch you next week in another Kid Talk. Bye, kids. Now, as I mentioned before, that the Christian Missionary Alliance has some amazing missionaries all around the globe. And so I've collected some videos produced by the National Office to give you just a little taste of what that's all about. It's gonna start with an introduction from uh, our Vice President of Missions, Tim Crouch, and then go to a montage of five one-minute videos about what God is doing through the Alliance around the globe. Uh, and then from there, Alicia's gonna come on and tell you about a, an exciting brand new missionary partner that River Life has. And then we're gonna give you a chance to actually pray for that missionary family. And so you're gonna hear more about that in just a bit. And so pastors, here's gonna be a chance for you to pray for some wonderful people over in Germany, okay? So uh, let's hear from, from our Alliance National Office a little bit about missions. Hi, and welcome to this last week. Uh, I want to invite you to be praying with me uh, for the peoples of the world and the mission that we're on. You know, in Matthew chapter 9, we're familiar with this vignette where Jesus is uh, looking at the crowds. Uh, they're hurting people. They're lost and he has compassion on them. He feels for them that they are a sheep uh, without a shepherd. And he turns to his disciples and says, the harvest is ripe. It's his compassion that looks on hurting ones and needy ones and lost ones and says, this is a harvest. And he turns to his disciples and says, pray with me that the Lord of the harvest will raise up workers to enter in and, and reap what's there to be reaped. And that's what we wanna do this week. We wanna recognize that this mission is Jesus' mission. It grows out of his compassion. And as our hearts become more like his, 
we'll pray. <laughs> we'll pray for the lost. And praying for the lost always calls us to action as well. And we'll pray for workers in the harvest, those that have gone and those that have yet to be raised up. And we'll pray in ways that ask the Lord to open our own hearts, that we might be more committed and more actively ready to be called upon by the Lord of the harvests for the mission that he's on. It's about us being in step with him. So would you join me uh, in praying this week? And would you flip through these pages uh, of our 40-day journey that, that bring it to an end, asking the Lord of the harvest to be at work afresh and anew in our lives, in our day, and in this world. A few months ago, the CMA started a media team for the Cambodian Church, and we've been making videos and training a team of young men to share testimonies and to share the gospel through video, through Facebook, in ways that the Cambodians would hear it the most and the quickest. Because of that, as soon as the country went into chaos, we were able to very quickly start putting out videos, sharing medical information about coronavirus, sharing truth about how it's being spread, sharing the hope of Jesus Christ that we have. I love being able to see Cambodians around the country joining in, watching our videos, sharing them with their friends and family, posting them um, in places that we had no access to before. God is not surprised by any of this. God has a plan for people and God is going to use this to reach people who have not been open for the gospel before. The next morning after what everyone calls the longest night in the Puerto Rico history, I knew I was um, in front of an impossible task. And uh, I started visiting churches and then uh, hugging people, hearing their stories, crying with them. And then people were responding, phone calls, districts, I think we are growing. We are in a spirit of unity also, a common vision. And it's like the Lord just shook us. We are seeing the gospel and the, how it has to do with everything. I feel very proud of the Puerto Rican church, uh, not just the CMA church, but the Puerto Rican church. I feel proud of uh, my team in Puerto Rico. They are uh, working hard and pastors and their wives even my, my own family uh, keep uh, giving me um, beautiful lessons of trusting the Lord and so on. We truly are uh, a Christ-centered Acts 1-8 family. We truly are. Just before COVID-19 came here, a team of three local believers and I launched a new church planning initiative in a town about an hour and a half from here. There are no known believers there, and it's also the location of the first confirmed cases of the virus. As a result, many people have had a hard time getting access to food and supplies that they need. So the new church planning team and I, along with one of my teammates, went and distributed food to 330 families in need. In the packages of food, we put pamphlets that looked at some of the answers to life's deeper questions from a scriptural point of view. This is the first contact that most of these people have had with evangelical Christians. So it's our prayer that they would know that we care about them and want to help them in their time of need. We are the Nguyen. Uh, we are serving the Lord with the poor people and the orphans. In the orphans projects, we helped 240 children in nine communes. They are vulnerable for child trafficking, the border country for child labor. 
We help the children with physical needs and emotional needs. That really helps them understand that they're not abandoned. They are loved by God and by grandparents or relatives. They are having a better opportunity also to work hard in school so that they can enter college to be someone that they like to be in the future. Many nations, they don't have uh, very well developed uh, care, psychological or mental health care. I think the church can really have a voice in, in what it means to care well for people who are in crisis and who are going through post-traumatic stress depression, anxiety, those sort of things that are, that are popping up, especially with all the displaced people in the world. My hope is to do training for people who are doing care, both to know uh, how to develop post-traumatic growth and how to care for their own compassion fatigue. Just from the care and hearing these stories, it's tiring to do that um, week after week and hear those stories. Post-traumatic growth is very important to focus on because it's easy to just assume that because people have been traumatized that they're broken and they're not broken. The fact is that many have found a capacity and a strength that they didn't have before. And how do we foster that, that potential for growth in the community? I can't do it all, but if I can mobilize and train people well to do it, I think it could be very powerful in, in the lives and ministries of the CMA around the world. Okay, I'm gonna mute myself, but whenever you're ready, go for it. Alliance family, you came through again. As news of COVID hit my office, I wondered seriously about what the outcome would be for the Alliance in 2020. Wow, 2020 was a crazy year. And the world was just thrown into this chaos. The Alliance family really stepped up during a tough year of COVID and we were worried about giving. Because that would have been the easy thing is just to call it quits, fold our hands and say, this is just not, just not the time for ministry. And Alliance teammates rose the moment because you partnered with us. You know, they just really almost came alive and really gave from their heart. To see it come so overwhelmingly, and I think it was an act of reaffirmation on God's dependence. People were still being fed, literally and in terms of the gospel as well. Because of you, our sites were still able to welcome young adults to be discipled and to discover more about the Lord's calling on their life. More people are able to hear the gospel through our international workers. Our workers remained in place during COVID to provide food, medical care, and discipleship to those in need. We were able to provide caring in the midst of COVID's chaos. Teams were able to remain in place on the front lines. As the gospel advanced, people's lives were changed. Experiencing Christ in word and deed. Alliance churches here in the U.S. responded bravely and creatively to the needs of not only the church, but of the community. That is so meaningful that we were able to do that in a pandemic year. I feel like we as the Alliance are kind of a part of this big puzzle and we're just adding more and more pieces to that puzzle. Then you realize you're part of this large body of people all working to accomplish the same goal. It feels like it's more of a team and it feels good to be a part of the team. Man, the Alliance is everywhere. Something like this happens. The Alliance is there. 
but it's because of the generosity of the U.S. Alliance family. So thank you so much. Thank you for giving. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. The work remains unfinished, but so much has been accomplished. Thank you, Alliance family. <laughs> Take three. Maybe. <laughs> Okay. Yay! <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> I miss you. I miss you. I hope I can see you in person soon. Hey, River Life, it's Alicia Tao, the Community Engagement Director. Just wanted to pop in here and say I miss all of you and hope you're doing well. Um, wanted to share some fun updates with you. Uh, last year, we adopted uh, two little kids from the Young family. Um, this is Oliver and Elsie and Carissa and Kenny. And if you're curious, yes, um, this is also, Carissa's also Rick and Kirsten's daughter. We just really love their family and wanted to be committed in praying for their children and also loving on them as well. And so um, this past Christmas, we sent them their favorite toys to Germany. Uh, they're in Northeast Germany uh, serving as missionaries. And we just wanted to bless them and let them know that we love them very much. And so I reached out to Kenny and Carissa and asked them how we could be praying for Oliver and Elsie. And here are some ways that we could be praying for them as a real life church. So when you remember them, here are... Um, some prayer requests. So for Oliver, he is four years old. And um, the first one is um, school is closed. So um, if you are not in school also, you know how lonely it is. And so to not be playing with friends. So remember to pray for Oliver about that. And number two is that he continues to learn about Jesus and understands who Jesus is. Uh, even at a, such a young age that he would be able to really fully understand the love of God here. And then number three is that he would play nicely with Elsie. And some of us have siblings, some of us don't. But uh, after a really long day with your sibling, it's hard to be nice to them all day long. And so a prayer for Oliver and Elsie and their relationship. And then for Elsie, um, she is two years old. And she cannot also go to school because of COVID. And so, um, you know, if you have a two-year-old, they are so fun. She has lots of energy. And so pray that she gets um, creative ways to uh, be able to, like, channel the energy as she continues to grow. And then for number two, that she continues to learn German because they are in Germany and that uh, even at such a young age, she'll be able to be multilingual, understand English and also German and just, just how cool that would be to be able to speak in different languages even at that age. So wanted to share that with you. Um, they are such a fun family. Um, we are excited to be partners in this together, even if we're just here to pray them through their ministries and bless them. Uh, that's what we are here to do. And so if you remember the Youngs, Kenny, Carissa, Oliver, and Elsie, um, lift them up in your prayers at night, during mealtimes, during the day when you're doing homework and you're thinking about Oliver, who also wants to be in school and play with her friends and also Elsie as she is um, learning to learning new things at her age. And so we just want to love them and bless them. And so here is a video clip of them um, just saying hello to River Life because we sent them some gifts during Christmas and, and we're hoping that we can continue to bless them throughout 2021. So 
with that, thank you, River Life. We miss you a lot. And you know what? If God puts on your heart, like, hey, this month I want to send a gift to Oliver and Elsie, let me know. Send out a message to River Life Church, and we would love to get you connected with them. Or if you want to be pen pals with them and you, uh, your kids want to draw pictures or write letters to them, to Germany, we would love to connect you with them as well. I'm sure they would be very happy to receive letters and drawings from you and your family. All right, thanks for real life. Have a great Sunday. Hi, River Life. I'm Oliver Mousy. I'm I'm Thank you for thank you for the adventure stories. Thank you for loving and praying for us. Hi, we're the Youngs. This is Carissa, Oliver, Elsie, and I am Kenny. We are IWs in Northeast Germany. Thank you guys so much for loving us and for adopting our kids. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. What an adorable video of Oliver and Elsie. Continue to lift up the youngs in prayer as they do missions work overseas. Now, while I was watching that video of Oliver and Elsie playing with their toys, I couldn't help but be reminded of my childhood. My childhood was filled with video games, and one of my favorite games was Pokemon Red on the Game Boy. Now, it was a great game, but what made it even better was that the Game Boy was portable, so I could take the, the Game Boy into, into the bus or on, on car rides, and that helped pass time, because boy, I hated long car rides or bus rides. Now, the one major downfall of the Game Boy, though, was that it ran on power from batteries, and I was in constant need for more batteries. Sometimes it's got, it got so bad that I'd switch out batteries from the TV remote or from our alarm clocks. I even got desperate and once switched out the batteries from the smoke detector to power up my Game Boy. Now I remember some of my friends on the bus had similar issues and so they came up with solutions to charge their batteries. There was this one kid who wrapped his batteries in aluminum foil and put them in, put his batteries in aluminum, wrapped them in aluminum foil in the freezer while another one did the same thing but set them out in the sun. I am a little embarrassed to say that neither one of those solutions work from personal experience, so don't try it. Now, sometimes I feel like this is how we experience Christianity. Sometimes we need a charge that will help us feel better or get through the tough times, and so we come back to recharge when we need to. And while we make it by doing this, in the Bible, God promises us a constant power source for every moment and every day of our lives. When we're not able to tap into that power, I think we miss out on something important in our relationship with Jesus. We lose out on experiencing Jesus' presence in every moment of our life. 
But thankfully, Jesus tells us that we can tap into this power source, and it relates to our theme of prayer and missions today. Mission simply means making disciples in a cross-cultural context. And so we're going to dive into the Bible to see what it says. In a little bit here, home pastors, I'm going to have you read the passage for the people that you're with. Or if you're by yourself, read this aloud to yourself. And we're going to dive into discovering um, what missions and prayer have to do with finding power. And so again, we're going, to read, we're going to read from Matthew chapter 28, verse 18 through 20 um, to see what this source of power is. And for some of us who've grown up in the Alliance, this passage is the verse for missions. But again, I want to highlight something that is often overlooked about missions, and that is the power that drives us to, to be on mission. Specifically, the power that comes from prayer. And so again, this passage is going to be put on screen. And so home pastors, I'm going to invite you to read Matthew chapter 28, verse 18 through 20 to the people that you're with or read it to yourself, either aloud or silently. And we're going to dive into seeing how prayer missions go hand in hand. And so we'll go ahead and read the passage, home pastors. So let's begin with verse 18. This takes place after Jesus is resurrected. And so Jesus proclaims to his disciples that all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. What does that mean? And what is this authority that Jesus is talking about? Basically, Jesus is saying he has the power and the right to influence everything in the world going forward now jesus had this authority when he was on earth he then he demonstrated it when he restored the brokenness that the people experienced you see jesus had authority over sickness and so he healed those who were ill he had authority over creation and so he calmed the storm when his disciples experienced it being violent when they were traveling all over the sea so that so Jesus calmed the storm so they could travel safely. And then Jesus also had authority over demons and evil spirits and so he delivered those who were tormented by demons and spirits by driving them out of people. The purpose of Jesus displaying his authority over all these things was to bring power and influence into the earth to begin to restore it back to perfection. Sometimes this is referred to as ushering God's kingdom. And so Jesus exercises authority to bring God's kingdom into earth. Jesus had authority to do all these things, 
but he also limited himself from exercising his full authority so that he could also experience humanity. This is important because he wanted to experience humanity so that he could understand the brokenness we experience. By limiting his ability to exercise his full authority, it also shows us that Jesus was dependent on God's power and authority to do all these things. And this highlights Jesus' desire to have us depend on him as a power source, just like how he depended on God for everything. At this point, when Jesus is resurrected, his very last commandment to his disciples is to go on mission. Again, mission simply means to make disciples with the focus of engaging other, cult other cultures. The process um, and what the things that are involved in making disciples is is the action to go, to baptize, and to teach. Oftentimes when we think about missions and making disciples, we think of going overseas to a new country. And while that's true, the idea of making disciples in this sense in the passage is that while you're going to your destination, while you're on your way to the nations to make disciples, you are also making disciples in the process. You see, there's an emphasis on making disciples while you are on the journey, while you're on the way to your destination. Making disciples, let alone sharing with others about Jesus, sometimes feels like a dis difficult task. But the important thing about obeying Jesus' command of, is that we need to be on mission with Jesus. And when we're on mission with Jesus, we get to experience Jesus as our power source. And when we experience Jesus as our power source, we can offer hope, comfort, care, rest, and guidance to ourselves and to others in any situation that we're in. Again, missions and disciple-making is no easy task. Take a look at Jesus' experience. There are some who followed him. There were some who doubted him. One betrayed him. At one point, all abandoned him. But because Jesus was dependent on God's power, he was able to bear through the difficult moments, and he was also able to point his disciples to see and to experience God transforming their lives. And in response, he led his, led his disciples to be connected with Jesus as their power source, which then in turn led them to make more disciples, even under the most difficult situations. They were willing to bear all difficult situations because they wanted others to experience God's restoration and transformation. So you see, if it's one thing we need to know about missions and prayer, it's this. Prayer is the power that moves us to make disciples. Let me say that again. Prayer is the power that moves us to make disciples. So what does this mean for us? Experiencing Jesus' presence everywhere at every time is a great indicator that we are living our life for God's mission because he promises it. Now, if there's moments where we don't experience Jesus, 
take into consideration how dependent we are on Jesus and how our prayer life is. Because Jesus was constantly connected to God and Jesus desires us to be constantly connected to him. Also consider if we are embracing Jesus' desire to have us transformed. And also consider how other believers, whether that's friends from church or our ministry leaders, consider how they desire us to experience transformation. You see, when we experience true transformation, it leads us to want to share with others our experience. Now, there may be many times where we feel afraid or embarrassed to share about our experience, but pray for courage from Jesus and ask others to pray for you. Pray to experience Jesus' full authority of bringing transformation into your life and commit to being with other believers who will help disciple you. One of our recent mottos here at River Life is that we're inviting you to lead your own faith. So I encourage you to lean into some of the discipleship opportunities that we have, whether that's becoming a home church or being the home pastor during service or following the prayer devotions that we've provided. These are some small steps that we can take to experience Jesus' presence so that when we have opportunities to share with others about Jesus, we can and we can show them how God is transforming our lives and their lives. Also know that there are many Alliance workers who set an alarm at 10.02 a.m. every day and when it goes off, they pray that God will send out people to share Jesus with others. The 10.02 time is a reference to Luke chapter 10, verse 2, which says, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. I would encourage you to set your alarms at 10.02 a.m. and pray with our Alliance workers, too. Pray that God will answer their prayers by seeing if God is sending you or I to share Jesus with our community. And also pray that God will send out more people to share Jesus with others. So be in prayer, because prayer is the power that moves us to make disciples.
Yeah.
Maybe the chaos isn't new. Endless war, expanding threats, devastating illness, all of it terrifying, all of it piling up. But one thing has changed. It's never been easier to take it all in, to see the chaos unfold in real time, while only barely being touched by it. It's never been more possible to be of the world without really being in it. Will those of us who worship Christ stand at the water's edge, wishing for the lost to be warmed and fed? Or will we spend our lives in worship by becoming the living sacrifices who stop hoping the chaos won't reach us and start carrying the hope of the gospel to those already drowning? Maybe it's time to go. We hope you enjoyed service today and we hope you you heard some inspiring stories you learned some new things and maybe you were even inspired what does going look like for you well we want to close off with our benediction uh, i love doing this every week it's one of the great blessings as a pastor to be the one to be able to give uh, this priestly blessing from god through me to you so get ready to receive God's blessing. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show you his favor and give you his peace. Well, we, we love you, River Life Church. Stick around a little bit. Uh, we're going to throw up some discussion questions and some, some prayer points up on screen. And so if, if you're sitting watching service with some folks, sit around and chat a little bit and, and process some of what you just heard. Okay, go in God's grace, everyone. Have a great day.